Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up? And welcome to Social Jello with Angelo podcast. Holy shit, what's going on? No backdrop, some weights behind me. Makes it look like I was working out. I wasn't. But nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas Day. I want to thank everyone for supporting the show. Uh, I hope to check out the Christmas special with Sifu uh, Al, or also known as Al DeCoscos. He was on the show today. That got released today. I don't know when this is going to come out. Probably sometime next month. But I am right now visiting in California, which is why here, I'm going to adjust the camera a little bit down right there, um, which is why I'm sitting in a chair with my guest, because he doesn't do internet. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to message him. He's, he's my mentor. This is Mike Shaw. And um, I figured, hey, I'm already out here. It's really hard to get a hold of him. And he's right here right now. So I literally pulled him away from his family on Christmas Day. <laughs> and asked him to come out here and do the show. So um, it's the same deal for everyone watching. The only difference is that I'm not on a split screen. And my guest is right here. So I, hopefully that doesn't bother you too much. So, Mike, um, I'm going to try not to go down memory lane, because I did that with Larry. <laughs> I'm just going to go like I do with anyone else. Uh, what do you do? What, what, uh, I, I'm probably in the title, I already said that you're a Kajukembo practitioner. Correct. And then for those of you that are watching that don't know what Kajukembo is, at the end of the show, it'll say, well, what is Kajukembo? Check it out. I did a whole podcast on this. Um, a little history on Mike, because I actually know Mike, and normally the... the I don't have, I don't like to do this, but I'm gonna do this because Mike is my mentor. Whenever I talk about me starting up doing Kajukembo, and I had to fight someone who's, well, just stand up here real quick, Mike. Let's see, you want to see the size difference? If I stand up next to Mike, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I say I had to spot someone that was much bigger than me and uh, much taller than me, much stronger than me, I'm talking about Mike. And that's that's one of the people that I that actually started my Kajukembo journey. I did martial arts before. Mike was the first Kajukembo practitioner that I actually fought. And I was impressed. So that's like a fast forward. But for you, Mike, how did you end up getting into martial arts? Um, well, you know, as a kid, I always was into martial arts. In our in my era, you know, that's what you did. You watch Kung Fu flicks. You go outside and you, you, you know, practice on each other and beat each other up or whatever the case is. Um, so as a kid, I always, you know, was into that, you know, always into martial arts. I always was into the, the, um, all aspects of it, not just the fighting, but I wanted to see the forms. I wanted to see everything. Um, but just never had a chance to really get into it when I was a kid. Uh, moms couldn't afford it. Um, you know, or she wasn't going to sign me up. So years go by and I ended up, um, working at Home Depot. Uh, I met a guy, uh, named, uh, Ronnie Sagiri, who's now, you know, my C4 and Professor Ronnie Sagiri. Uh, didn't have, had no clue he was a martial artist. We were just, I uh, was actually charged with uh, training him. Um, so I trained him in, 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 at the job, on the job for that. And uh, we would just be talking, having conversation, uh, you know, talking about life and, you know, you know, family things, you know, whatever you're going through. And we ended up getting into martial arts, started talking about that. And I told him the exact same thing that um, I, as a kid, I always wanted to do it. Just never had the chance, never had the opportunity to uh, to jump into it. So his were his exact words. Well, maybe you'll get your your wish someday, you know. So had no clue, and then I get a call from him. Uh, you know, a couple of days later, he's like, hey, "Come to the studio." And so 
I go in there and then uh, that was, this is back in 2001 and I've been been hooked ever since. Just trained one one night and was like, oh, I'm just I'm about this. I like this life. So um, got into it and 20 some years later, here I am. Um, that's pretty much a nutshell. Well, Mike is not a man of many words, so I'm going to start trying to pry out as much information as I can. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. <laughs> so, that's it. And thanks for checking out Social Joe Evangelist. <laughs> Go over. So, let's back up a little bit. Um, you, you met Ronnie. Did you do any martial arts or any type of anything before that? No, just just out. You know, literally, what I would do as a kid is, um, you know, again, we, you know, we we would watch these movies and, and think we were we were out there trying to do being able to do that stuff so we would literally go out and just train like we had no no direction no 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 instructor no seafood, flu no whatever we were just a bunch of kids we're like all right well let's try this and let's do push-ups like this and let's you know let's you know i'm lifting logs in my backyard and you know doing stuff like that i had no formal any type of training or anything like that um i love boxing so i would watch boxing matches and that would literally go out with my boxing gloves on my shoulders and knock on kids' doors like, hey, what's up? You wanna you wanna go? And they, you know, if they're down, they come out, we scrap a little bit and then, you know, move on to the next house. And that's kind of what, <laughs> what I did. There's no formal, no formality to it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what it is. So so you did do some you were you did some you had some boxing, like you watched some boxing. Yeah. I know when I when I met you, one of the first things I asked you, because you had this style that was I never really seen before in martial artists is usually you'd have the point karate guys and they do a lot of the hopping and the hands down thing. Um, then you had more of the Kempo guys that would come in a lot of back fists, but you did this thing where you would have your hands up like a boxer. And then every so and so you put your hands down and do like this head bobbing thing. And I asked you what that was all about. Cause I couldn't touch you. I tried to hit you and you were very elusive. Your footwork was real quick. And your response was look up Roy Jones jr. And study him and do a fight study of Roy Jones Jr. and you'll have a better idea of how I incorporate that into yeah. what I do. Yeah, so I would study like you know again I never I didn't have a formal boxing teacher or anything like that, but you know as you if you if you watch sports or if you if you've ever coached sports or anything like that, you know that um, the number one thing these professionals are doing is watching film. You know, watch film, study. You know, that's how you that's how you get a leg up on your competition. So. Um, as a kid, I would watch, you know, I'd watch Sugar Ray Leonard. I watched, you know, uh, Tommy Hearns. I watched Roberto Duran, you know, all these great, all these great boxers, uh, Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, you know, these guys. And I would pick up little things, you know, here and there. And I would just go just drill it myself and just, just work on it just by myself, uh, you know, in the kitchen or in the living room or in the garage, you know, wherever I, wherever I could. And I work, I would literally, as a kid, it's funny, I would um, set a timer, I would go in the kitchen you know, my kitchen's a square and I have the microwave there and I would set a timer for three minutes and I'd fight 12 rounds at three minutes of just shadow boxing myself as a kid, you know, just in the kitchen, in the kitchen, <laughs> in the kitchen just because the timer was in there. So I could set the timer, you know, do my three minute rounds or whatever. I'm fainting. I'm doing all this stuff. Um, you know, that's, I would just, just work that stuff. So when I finally did get someone that can actually teach me and show me how things, you know, are supposed to be done. Then I was like, oh, okay. So it started to make a little sense, and I started to develop my own little, my own little style of how I would do things. But yeah, I would I tell kids, I tell my students when I'm teaching, hey, check this guy out. Just go watch it. It's, it, 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 it. Nothing related to Kajikembo. 
um, or martial art, you know, martial arts in general will be a boxer. And I'm, hey, watch this guy. Watch Miguel Cotto. Watch the, watch how he throws his hook. You know, and I, that's when I would, what I would do as a kid, just say that stuff. So, um, you know, watching guys like Sugar Ray, you know, he dropped his hands. Muhammad Ali, obviously, dropped his hands. You know, and I knew, you know, I'm, I'm gauging distance the whole time. So I know I'm out of his range. I'll drop my hands, but I'm in my range, you know. So I would always just play that, you know, play that little line right there as the best I could until I can get in there and get you, you know. And he and get me, he did. Um, <laughs> and get me, he did. Um, so, and then going back to to your story, so like obviously, so boxing was an influence, and I, I think again, um, the idea of of studying tape. This is something I was just talking to UFC coach John Hackman with last week. He he called it UFC sensei. He said back in the day, the Kaju Kimbo guys. He went to the I forgot the name of the bar, but there was like a bar in Hawaii. Where the where the old you know this uh, you know Imperado and, and all those guys would, would they go to these bars and they pick fights people pretty yeah. much um, to to be able to figure out what works on in a practical scenario is that nowadays we don't got to go pick fights in the street anymore yeah <laughs> you know you, you can study tape you can see yeah. full contact fights and you can learn quite a bit from watching not just the not just the people who win but when they lose how they lost and there's right. a lot of stuff you can learn yep. he called it UFC sensei but you can take that to yeah. Any type of other any, any realm, yeah, any realm you can take that. It's, I mean, it it helps. It helps. I mean, obviously, I mean, you can feel it yourself, and you know, I, you know, obviously, it's martial arts, and we're doing forms stuff, and I'm trying to compete and do whatever. Um, I'm watching my own self. I'm looking. All right, well, it feels one way when you're doing it, but then when you actually look at it on the video, it's like, oh, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got to change that, you know. So, film is helpful, you know. So that's kind of again before I had a formal any type of formal training. That's how I got my, you know. My training pretty much is I would just study boxers. I would study. I did the same thing with basketball. I played basketball. I would, when I first learned the game, I just popped in a tape of the greatest players ever. It was like, all right, I'm still in that move. I'm still in that move. You know, and that's how I did it. And then you know, I would go back and work with it. So the same thing applied to martial arts. I just used the same thing as mostly a lot of people do. It's just I had no way of actually getting that training that I wanted at the time. So, you know, do what you got to do. So you get in. You walk in, and that's your first martial arts experience. It's, uh, at that point, you've been training on your own, challenging people when you were younger, you know, sparring with some people, putting the boxing gloves on, do some boxing. But you finally walk into like an actual formal studio when you meet now Professor Ronnie Sagiri. What was your first impression as you walked in? You start doing, you start going through class, start running through the ropes. What, what were you, what were your, what, what were you thinking at the time? Like as it was happening, what were you thinking about? Honestly, just excitement. Like for me, it was like, you know, you you kind of normally you see this stuff in hindsight. Oh, it's a journey, but for me, at the beginning, I was like, I'm starting my journey. Like I, you know, I wanted to do just the most basic stuff. Like you want me to sit in the horse stance for 20 minutes? I'm 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 happy to do that. You know, because that's I felt like that's what that's what training was. You know, if you're gonna start at the base, you know, ground ground work from the ground up, you know, that's that's so you know the the, the basic stuff excited me. I was like, I was just really excited about that and. You know, not even belts. I didn't even care about the belt. Um, I just wanted to just start training and see what I can do against other people. Like, how do I stack up? You know, where do I stand against everybody else, the other students? Like, I'm a white belt. This guy's a purple belt. Let me see if I can beat him. You know, like, you know, that was kind of the mentality I had. It was just a so general happiness to finally be, you know, where I want to be as far as, you know, that, that, that realm of martial arts, you know, at least the beginning of it. So you start training. You're finally doing what you've always wanted to do. You're in, you found the environment, you found the right people. You said there was like people that you wanted to challenge and, and fight. And then when 
And just for those people that don't do Kaju Kembo, when you say fight, what rule set were you using in the sparring back then? Um, you know, you do your, your point sparring and stuff. That's just part of the game, which I honestly, um, you know, I did okay in point sparring, but I was, that was never my favorite thing to do. I was always more of a continuous sparring thing. Like I wanted to, you know, and this is, this is, you know, right around the time UFC is starting to blow up, you know, um, we're talking early, you know, 2000, like I said, in like the nineties, it was just becoming a thing and a huge thing. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to go that far in, into the, that, 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 that sport, but I, I, when I, when we fight, when we fought, I wanted to just, you know, let's mix it up. You know, there's no breaks and, you know, let's pause and call some points. I didn't want none of that. I just wanted to just, just, you know, just bang it out. And, you know, I, I, in my mind, I felt I could hit you more times than you hit me. So, you know, you know, I, I felt like that was a challenge um, just to try to, uh, that, that was the rule set. Like it was more, that was my favorite thing to just, you know, sometimes we would get on the ground too and do all that stuff, but just hands, letting the hands and feet go. Uh, that was that was pretty much what it was. So since I was there, I, like continuous sparring for those of you that don't know, um, if you ever open, if you ever enter an open martial arts tournament, um, they have these things called open martial arts tournaments where different styles can fight each other, they compete against each other. Sometimes there's knockouts allowed, since there's not tournaments vary in contact. But at a Kaju Kembo school, or I can actually speak for this one because I was actually there. I always say that like sometimes, oh well, I have to ask more questions about this. I don't have to ask that many questions about this because I train with Mike. I trained with Ronnie Seguri, so I know exactly what the rule sets are. So continuous sparring is essentially American kickboxing. There are no leg kicks allowed, and it's from the body up. Now, back then, Sifu Ronnie's school, now Professor Ronnie's school, there's a little, there's a lot of gray in this rule set. The, that's what was said on paper if you went to a tournament. But then... Sipu Rani would always say, you guys want to bang? And at that point, you were allowed to do just about anything you wanted. Uh, yeah, just Pretty about much. anything you Within limits, don't break anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't kick anyone into the mirrors. Yeah, don't break anything. Yeah, try to stay in the center of the uh, – try to stay in the center of the mat so nothing is broken. That uh, that didn't go well like, one time with, yeah, with that one guy. And there was a wall. And there was a hairdressing room. And there, apparently there was a yeah. – a story about a hairdresser. That rule didn't get followed to a T all the time. <laughs> but essentially, it would be considered very close to MMA rules. He also, we like to wear the open glove Kempo gloves, right? We have the open glove Kempo gloves. Sometimes we wear the sparring, the point sparring ones. But for the most part, for that kind of thing, it was the open yeah, glove. So bring both. Grab I have my open, open hand, you know. Style. Yeah, back then because I had the sparring. It depends on what we're trying to do. I just I, I got my gloves ready to go for yeah. whatever whatever we're gonna get into. And a little later in time, they finally had the MMA gloves. But we're talking about pre MMA. Like you can get MMA gloves. Good luck and good luck finding them for under like a hundred bucks because they were expensive. Yeah. Like, it was, it was not they were not a, not even get for like thirty bucks on Amazon. Yeah, delivered yeah, to your, Amazon was delivering books back then. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't the Amazon that you know now. <laughs> so the rules are pretty open, and uh, you usually give us about 20 seconds or more on the ground, depending on how much he was going to let it drag out. And um, so, yeah, for those of you who are trying to figure out what the rule sets are, those are the rule sets. Now, there was a purple belt. Who was that? 
No, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give an exact or a specific name to any any person. It was more of just if if you if you're a higher rank than me, I want to test you. Like I want to see where I stand with you, right? And so if I get in there and we mix it up, and I you know I feel like I've you know accomplished what I need to accomplish, um, you know, show my dominance or whatever you want, however you want to put it. It's like, all right, so what's the next? Uh, who's next? Like, uh, you know, looking at, and then, you know, I get to brown belt and I'm looking at black belts. Like, I, I want to fight this guy. I want to fight that guy. You know, I just want to challenge, you know, just to see where I stand, win, lose, or draw. You know, if, you know, I got, and I didn't get everybody, you know, I got, got too. Um, it's just the nature of the game, but, you know, you want to test yourself and see where you stand. I think that's just the competitive part of martial arts because it's an individual thing to a degree. You know, you're, you're, you're challenging yourself on a daily basis. So now you don't have a team you're working with. You know, um, it's you. you know, it's just you individually challenging yourself, challenging yourself, and then you know, again, you're seeking others to, to kind of you know see where you stand in, in the in the world. You know, see if you're a big fish, a little fish, or whatever. How far you want to take it. You know, I never wanted to you know do, do anything professional. That was never my goal. I just like mixing it up, scrapping, and you know that that daily challenge. Because when you fight a person, you know, you, you really you you learn something about that person that nobody else knows about them unless they fought them. You know what I mean? Like you there's a cadence, there's, there's a rhythm, there's a, there's a connection between you and that other person you're fighting. Um, you know, so that, so after, when it's all said and done, you know, you shake hands, you hug, and you know, there's respect there, you know, especially if that person gave you something, you know, and then you really, that's where the respect comes from. You have a connection that nobody else has with that person. That's how I've always felt. So I would, I fought guys and, um, fought guys better than me, you know, you know, losing, losing fights. And it's like, you still get that connection. I gained that respect for that guy. Okay. You know, this is what he, you know, he's good. He's better than me. I'll admit it. This guy's better than me. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, you know, go back to the lab and try to work on some other stuff because what I did wasn't working today. So, but next time I see that guy, I'm going to try to get him, you know, and, you know, it's just a, just an ongoing challenge to yourself. So I, I should ask you this earlier. You kind of answered it, but I'm going to do a direct question. Why did you start training in martial arts? Like we say, how you, how I did the, how I should have done the why first. Well, why did you start training in, in martial arts? Well, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but what was it exactly that drove? Because people have different answers to this question. So yeah. people were like, I just want to scrap. Nowadays, a lot of people, there was a professional track. Back then, there wasn't a, prof back then, there wasn't a professional track. Okay, right. there was the people that were doing MMA back then. And even Joe Rogan talks about in his podcast, when he talks about John Hackleman and Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Those are the pioneers of MMA. Yeah. And a lot of people, John Hackleman was one of the few that actually knew what they were doing. But there was a lot of people that just did not know what they were doing. And that they were like paving the way for what's happening now. Right. Where now you have people walking in like, I want to be a professional MMA. If you want to walk into a gym back then, I want to be a professional MMA fighter. They just laugh in your face like, what are you talking about a professional MMA? There's a profession? <laughs> you can make money on this? <laughs> you guys yeah, it, Again, at, at those times, it was brutal, man. I mean, it was like, you know, UFC, you know, the, the, the early stage of MMA was that's what I was saying. I, you know, I like to fight and stuff. I ain't trying to go out there with those guys and get smashed up because, you know, I got to live life. <laughs> yeah. But no money. Yeah, there was no money in it. No. There was a casino fights. A lot of casino fights. Like in my area, and we were in the same area. If you wanted to do MMA, it wasn't going to be through the UFC. You were going to take up some shoddy, <laughs> shoddy promoter from the casino yeah. who may or may not actually be a promoter. And they they offer you like they'd offer you stupid money like you know two hundred bucks yeah two hundred bucks it win or lose and if you win maybe we'll throw in a hundred bucks and maybe you get three hundred bucks that night maybe right and nah. then no insurance and it was yeah and again it was just, it wasn't the same regulation wise um 
you know, as it is now. So you know, yeah, you're taking your life in your own hands for what for, for peanuts, you know. Yeah. So, um, but you know, shout you know to those guys who persevere because they can see something bigger uh, coming coming. Uh, you know, shout out to those guys. Much respect. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, so it was it wasn't really I never wasn't I didn't want to go out and like hurt people or um, that was never my intention my goal. I just felt like I felt there was a there was a connection there. Like I, you know, I, I kind of believe in in fate. You know, I, I believe that you know you do certain you do certain things for a reason. There's always a reason behind whether you know what the reason is or not. You know, you just you do certain things, and like for me, martial arts, it just felt like I needed to be involved in it. Like I needed to, in some capacity. And again, it wasn't about fighting. It wasn't. You know, I wanted to do, you know, everything. You know, initially, I wanted you know, forms of self defense. You know, what weapons, whatever. I just wanted to just get that get that knowledge. You know, gain that knowledge, um, and just start moving, start working. You know, um, so that my that was my initial my motivation. Is just it was just I felt like I needed to be in that. Um, and then as you're older, you, you know, you start to see stuff on the streets you know people getting you know beat down and you know you don't want to be part of that so you know eventually it's going to come your way so you want to be ready for it so that was just extra motivation to be like all right well you know i got to be able to that's you know coming i'm talking about as a teenager young kid coming up i'm not as a man uh just a kid you see these things and you're like i gotta i gotta know something you know what i'm saying i gotta you know have some way of defending myself or you know you know down the line my family or whatever the case is so that was extra motivation for me not only just start it but to stay in it and continue to you know, to work to work it you know to, to this day so now you're doing martial arts you're doing what you wanted you there was a self-defense theme behind it and i, I always say this to people because you know now the podcast is now in 2020 right around the corner of 2024 yeah. and i always tell people like there's a generational gap between why people did martial arts in my generation and why oh, people yeah. did martial arts in yeah. this generation. Um, and if you look at statistics, I can show you statistics to prove it. Like, crime has gone down. <laughs> but we come from the generation where crime didn't look like it was going down at all. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. So a lot of people from my generation, I'm not going to be all, my back in my day, I had to pull that on you. But I am going to say that a lot of people from my generation did come in for a self-defense aspect. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there wasn't a, a career path for martial arts. It was, I started hearing those words halfway through my martial arts journey. And I was like, career? Yeah. Like, oh, you you got to go to this next tournament for your, have you ever thought about your fight career? I'm like, <laughs> my what? <laughs> Excuse me? Because <laughs> that wasn't even on my mind. Yeah. Um, but you're going through when and how did, how was your first, uh, when we're talking about, we're getting to competition now. And when and why and how did you end up competing? Because obviously, like you said, you came in for a self-defense aspect, but you wanted the whole package. You're like, mm -hmm. hey, I accept it. I like training. I'm, I'm down. You want to put me in a horse dance? I'll do it. You want to do forums? Fine, I'll do it. That's part of the training, and you were looking forward to it. But now there's a competitive aspect coming your way. When and how did you end up doing your first tournament? What did you compete in, and what happened? <laughs> um, first of all, I was always competitive, you know, I played basketball and, and, you know, still to this day, I still play and um, just having a, an avenue for competition with the martial arts. I was like, well, yeah, plus, you know, Sifu Ronnie forced me to um, <laughs> when I was a white belt. So I had no choice, but, <laughs> uh, you know, we, he got me out there and I'm like, all right, well, you know, it, I, I didn't do well. Um, my first tournament, I was nervous. Um, I literally woke. You turn away. You get to the tournament. What about eight o'clock or whatever? Morning. 
you walk and you greet people, you warm up and all that stuff. I woke up at like four in the morning and I was already stretching and warming up. And I think I did wait. I, you know, I was tired by the time I actually fought, but that's neither here nor there. But I get out there. I'm just nervous. Like, you know, I get first, first scrap. I just, I kind of lost my mind. I didn't really focus on what I was needed to do. I just was just kind of reacting uh, to stuff and didn't come with like my normal game plan or whatever. But um, once I hit the guy for the first time and scored a point, I'm like, oh, okay. I relaxed a little bit and I went a little further about, I was out, I was outmatched, you know, again, this is my first tournament. I'm going against guys who've been doing it for a little while. So I lose, but, and I was upset and pissed off. And, you know, here, you know, I was 19, not 19, I was like 25, 26, something at the time. Uh, I started late in martial arts. And, and um, yeah, I, I took that to heart. Like it really bothered me that I lost. But then, you know, as you start to continue to compete, you relax more, you start winning and things like that. And you realize not, you know, it's not really about that little plastic trophy they're going to give you. You know, it's, you know, it's just, that's just, a, you know, kind of something they use to remember what happened that day. At least for me, that's how I picture trophies. But it was just a lot of nerves, you know, a lot of just, I, I, I feel like I, it's weird because, you know, you train and you, you, as a young, young practitioner, you're, you're helping people behind you and then you got people rooting for you now. And it's like, now nah, I felt pressure. Like that first tournament, I felt like I had to win. Like everything is riding on this. It wasn't even like, I'm a white belt. I'm fighting for the belt. Like this is it. I'm, yeah, this is big time. I'm here. I made it, you know. <laughs> But no, nah, like it was just a lot of nerves, you know, and, and, you know, when you get that under your belt and then you start getting more relaxed and, you know, like I said, the, the wins start, you know, the W start coming, you start, all right, you start to get into your little groove or whatever. But yeah, that first one was, that was, it was a big, it was a San Diego uh, Grand Nationals. Oh, okay. like, that was my first tournament. So jumping into a big one on your first one, that's why I think it, a lot of people there was crowded, you know, because a crowd and stuff. Yeah, that was crowd. the first time. It's just about... This there's over the, the the national tournaments here in in San Diego. They attract over three hundred people. Yeah, it was bigger than that back then. Yeah. Like it was it was downtown, um, and it was you know it was packed. You know it was like the whole place was full. I mean, you know that died down after a while. It wasn't such a big thing. You know once the UFC really hit the mainstream and things kind of switched off and changed as far as traditional martial arts and sports. Um, so the the tournaments that I would you know go to started to dwindle a little bit. The crowd would you know, but those first few ones that I went to um were, were pretty big or pretty big deal yeah celebrities there you know it was, it was a big deal so um you know, that's where that kind of all contributed to that that feeling of oh man this is the big time big even time. though it really <laughs> wasn't i mean we're talking to the local tournament but it, for me it was and so um like i said i didn't do well as well as i wanted to do i competed in uh, point sparring i did forms um you know i did my uh i might have done it well i don't know something to that effect and um i did the continuous sparring and that's the you know that's when I was like oh, okay yes this I mean, this is what I need to be doing, and that was something that was something else because again I you know you get out there there's no weight classes right and I'm at this time I'm much I'm, I'm probably half the person I am now you know I'm sitting at about 175 pounds much more than that these days um, and they pair me up with this dude who's about 220. There were no weight classes back. There was no weight class. Oh yeah, that's something we should. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me put no something out there. It's not at that tournament. There was not a weight class. Coming, yeah, even in the tournaments, like now they're, they're a little more strict about it. I think, again, because of the UFC, they started looking at it and being like, Oh, maybe we should have weight classes, yeah. But back then, yeah, more or less, it's asking your weight so that the first few fights they might try to get someone close to your weight, 
but there was no guarantees. It looked very similar to the jujitsu tournaments now, the open jujitsu. They have weight classes and then they have the open. And in the open, uh, it's open. Yeah. So there, there's no weight classes in that either. Yeah. So that was, so, that was yeah. the open. <clears throat> so yeah, they pair me up with it and I'm real thin. Um, but you know, I'm fast and then I, I was just, I, I was a little bit fear, a little, a little fearful, a little scared. Um, you know, you get the adrenaline pump and everything. It's like, you know, we, we, we uh, get up there, bow in and, you know, we get into our stance and the first thing that caught, popped in my head is I'm going to hit this guy before he hits me. Cause I know when he hits me, it's going to hurt. And, and, you know, as soon as, soon as, as soon as the, you know, the refs hit fight, he threw a front kick. I knocked it down and I, and I clocked him like, um, it was almost like a, it was like an overhand right pretty much, which in those tournaments, you're not really supposed to do, you know, but I literally just out of just fear and just adrenaline rush. I clocked him in and I almost knocked him out. And the, he, he stumbled back and fell. Um, I got a warning, um, which, you know, I felt bad because, you know, that's not the goal of those, those types of uh, competitions. But, you know, we got up, we shook hands, we hugged, you know, are you good? You're good. All right, man. And then we literally scrapped for two minutes straight without taking a break, just punching the hell out of each other. And, uh, you know, literally, I think I, I think I sprained my wrist. I might have had some bruises going off in the rib, <laughs> rib cage area and everything. You know, they stopped the fight, you know, they, you know, I won, you know, I won, I won the match and everything because like, they literally hit him more than he hit me. But as I, I just remember after he dropped my hand, everybody, hey, Craig, Craig, good job. And then I stumbled off <laughs> out of the ring. And everything started hurting all at once. Like my wrist, like it's bumped, my wrist is bumping, my, my ribs are all busted up. I'm like, oh man. I just like sat down on a chair. And then I had to do forms after that. I was like, all right, nah, you know. <laughs> but it was a great it was a great experience. So that that told me right, it kind of that first tournament set the tone for me as far as me, uh, you know, where I stand with other competitors. Like, you know, and I learned at that time, you know, a young, young age that, you know, you can have that fear, you can use that fear. Right, you turn it around. You turn it around. And use it on, you know, to to you know, fight your way through whatever adversity you're dealing with. So, at that time, the fear, you know, brought that hell of a punch out of me, and I was like, okay, all right, he's bigger than me, but you know, I got a punch too, you know. So then, you know, that that, that kind of set the tone for me competing in other tournaments from then on out. So, <clears throat> I, I don't, I know you don't like to toot your own horn. I'm just gonna say it. He's got, he's won a few trophies, to say the least, in his days. He's got a few trophies. He's won a few since then. You've won a few national tournaments. Um, now, as you moved through the ranks, you competed. What was the, and we'll get to the end of that later. Let me go to the next question. When when did you end up testing for your black belt, and what did that look like, and how did everything go? Um, I don't remember what year it was. It was five years after I started, I know that much, five or six years after I started. Um, and it was it, like, nowadays it's different, obviously, at least in, in our particular lineage, but um, those, it was a two day test. Um, the first test, um, I just had to do some kind of some auxiliary forms, you know, things I've been working on um, just to add to the, to the whole mix. So I did a couple of forms there the day before. Um, and then the, the day of the test, basically you have to do pretty much every self-defense technique you were taught. And I think we're, we're doing like 40 different techniques or something like that at the time. Um, you had to, whatever weapons you're working on, you had to do your forms for that. Um, you had to do your uh, two-on-one, you know, two-on-one fights and things like that. And, uh, you know, then you get called, you know, called out by order of black belts there. So, you know, by the end of the day, you're exhausted, completely exhausted. I just remember I got my black belt. We had, went home, we went home and, uh, you know, I basically passed out. 
just passed out. So uh, it was it was just a, it was a lot, a lot to do. We got to wrap things up. <laughs> so because we got other stuff to do, like I said earlier. But what I will say is <clears throat> before you go, anybody wants to get into martial arts with some quick advice for them. Um, go into it with an open mind, you know, open mind, you know, because you go into a different system, every system and you see something you don't like and you just, yeah, this is garbage. You just kind of toss it up. But, you know, I accept, you know, or look at it, any martial arts and just go into it with an open mind, absorb that information. You know, if you have a curriculum, learn that curriculum. And then once you get your black belt, you know, just right, expand, yeah. expand. Just chilling. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Catch you next time.